Then chapter 7, verse 14, the chapter we've already read together. And it says here, And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, and all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Can't say that about the Chaldeans. Can't say that about the Persians. You can't say that about the Greeks. You can't even say that now about the Romans. They're gone. But the kingdom of our Lord shall never be destroyed. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher. We're turning today to Daniel chapter 7. And boy, do we have an exciting message on the fulfillment of the prophecies in the book of Daniel, where it is referred to the rise of kings, of earthly kingdoms, and it's all in preparation for the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus. And that is our interest and delight. Stay with us as we turn to Daniel chapter 7. Now, the bear relates to Persia, and we know that Cyrus besieged the city of Babylon. He brought the Chaldean Empire down. Cyrus was a bloodthirsty, cruel empire builder, and he wiped out nation after nation to extend the Persian world. Now, if you look at chapter 8, verse 20, you will see Persia mentioned, and you'll see some other symbols. The ram which thou sawest, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. If you remember how we learned that there was some kind of a merge between these two nations. Through family history, through marriages, there was a merge between Persia and Media. And so they are treated as one kingdom and as one empire. But they're mentioned right there. Chapter 7, 6 mentions the leopard. The leopard that is swift. It is carried on four wings. Well, that is Greece. And if you go to chapter 8, 21, you will see that he is referred to as the rough goat is the king of Grisha. So, real kings of real countries. You'll have to agree with me tonight. There was a real country called Babylon Chaldea. There was a real country, Persia, and a real king called Cyrus. Likewise, there was a real nation called Greece, and Alexander the Great, the Conqueror. These are real people. And they are predicted in this prophecy of Daniel. And in providence, they are marvelously fulfilled. Chapter 7, 7, we have a reference to this fourth beast, which has ten horns. And that relates to the Roman Empire. And we know that that nation followed on after the Greek. Romans conquered the Greeks. 
And long before Christ was born, the Romans were already uh, ruling over the vast empire that had formerly been conquered by Alexander the Great. Now, this is amazing. This is amazing. Poor Daniel, a slave in a foreign country, and he is met by God. He is given these visions, these prophecies that he puts into writing. And while he's alive, he sees the Chaldeans come and go. He sees Cyrus come and he commissions the rebuilding of the temple. And later on, when Daniel is no longer in the world, this prophecy is later fulfilled. The Greeks conquer the Persians. The Romans conquer the Greeks. And right down to the time of Christ. And in the midst of that, the providential hand of God is at work lifting up nations, pulling them down, all to build his church. And there are so many wonderful details. One of the most amazing details I read was of Alexander the Great in 322 BC, advancing with his vast army toward Jerusalem. Now his reputation went before him that if you submitted, you were treated with mercy. If you defied, you were totally wiped out. And so the high priest, he met Alexander the Great. He went out from Jerusalem in his high priestly garments to intercede with Alexander the Great. Now, Alexander had a dream away back in his homeland long before that he would be met by such a cortege wearing white clothing. And Alexander's wrath was turned to friendship. And the high priest took the book of Daniel and read to him of the king of Greece would come conquering and that he would yet conquer vast nations. And that was good news to Alexander. Tell me more, he must have said. I want to hear that kind of thing. But between the prior dream he had and the impression of the book of Daniel upon his mind, that Alexander visited the city of Jerusalem in a friendly manner. He went into the temple and worshipped according to the Jewish practices and gave honor and liberties and freedoms to the Jewish people so that they may continue their way of life even under his dominion. What an amazing and wonderful providence of God. Now, the prophecies of these four kingdoms were played out so fully and in such accuracy that the modernist and the liberal, they come and they said, there's no way that a man could have written this so many hundreds of years before these events. And so the liberal says, there's no way that these things were written before 168 BC. And they try to undo that there was a real Daniel. They call him a myth. And I mentioned about Wikipedia, that if you look up such a, an encyclopedia, they'll, they'll wipe it off as a mythical figure. But our Lord Jesus referred to Daniel, and he referred to his prophecies, 
And we know that they are indeed true. And so we have these amazing prophecies with amazing providences that confirm to us that with Daniel and all of the scripture, we have the word of God in our hands. This is no ordinary book. This is no mere uh, collections of human thinking and imaginations. This is the mind of God. This is amazing, staggering, and wonderful, wonderful truths that God is working out. And that brings me to the amazing purposes. What is God doing? Well, through it all, through these ups and downs of nations, changes of leadership and armies and wars, Jerusalem continued. The worship in the temple continued. And during the Greek period, 300 BC or thereabout, the Greek scriptures were written. You can imagine this. Now you've got Jewish people scattered all over what is now a Greek world. And many of the rising generation don't know Hebrew anymore. And so they need a Greek Bible. And so it is produced. The LXX, the 70 writers or scribes, they were called, produced from the Hebrew scriptures into the Greek language, the word of God. And it went right, left, north, south, east, west, right through the Greek empire, which was now so vast from India to Egypt. The word of God was going out. And so it is said that the Greeks provided the language by which the gospel would be preached. And later, the Romans built the roads by which the evangelists would travel. And we know the purposes of God, that through all of these kingdoms, God was building his kingdom, the kingdom of his son, the Messiah, and in God's mind, he was preparing the world for the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Now, let's go back to the book of Daniel here. I've, I told you I wouldn't go too much into history, but it's unavoidable. These things are so amazing, so mind-boggling, so thrilling, that we've got a book that's living history and living truth. Now, the theme then in the book of Daniel, what is God doing? He is building his kingdom. Now, let's just go through some key texts in this book of Daniel. Let's go back to chapter 2, verse 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Now, it's not Cyrus, and it's not Alexander, and it's not Nero. And it's not uh, Belshazzar or Nebuchadnezzar. It's God himself is setting up a kingdom. It's the kingdom of grace. And then as you go to chapter 4, verse 2, it says, I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the, that the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. Then chapter 7, verse 14, 
the chapter we've already read together. And it says here, And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, and all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Can't say that about the Chaldeans. Can't say that about the Persians. You can't say that about the Greeks. You can't even say that now about the Romans. They're gone. But the kingdom of our Lord shall never be destroyed. And we want to be a member of that kingdom which shall reign forever and ever. And then chapter 7, verse 17 These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But, now notice, in spite of these kings, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. That's Old Testament and New. That's the the saints' Old Testament and New Testament. There is no dichotomy between the Old Testament and the New. There is one kingdom, one church, one people, one vast array of saints who shall one day praise him forever and ever and ever in the kingdom of glory. And that's the kingdom that we subscribe to as believers in the Lord Jesus. And so these are amazing purposes. Now, Verse 22 of the chapter we read, chapter 7, until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. And then again, verse 27, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. What a wonderful theme. What a wonderful book. What an amazing prophecy. And what amazing providences. All with this amazing purpose that Christ will build his church and we shall reign with him forever and ever. Now, when the Lord Jesus came into the world, He went to the Sermon on the Mount and he said to the uh, hearers, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What kingdom was he talking about? The same one kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. And when he said uh, in Luke 17, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom is within you. What kingdom is he talking about? The kingdom that's in our hearts. When we are born again, when we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit and we are indwelt by the Lord, we are then in the kingdom. It's invisible in us until that day Christ shall appear and then... Every eye shall see him and the thousands and thousands of saints that shall attend. This is the gospel kingdom. It is the kingdom of grace. Now, after Pentecost, 
many, many thousands of Jews were converted and became Christians. They were brought into the same kingdom. Because remember, when Christ died, the veil was rent in twain. The Jewish institution as the national religion, the theocracy that God had ordained, the Israel of God, was now fulfilled in the death of Christ. And many thousands of Jews were converted into New Testament Christians. And later Gentiles were to be added in nation after nation after nation. And that is this wonderful kingdom that is being built. I wonder tonight, what kingdom do you belong to? Who is your head? Who is your Lord and master? Is it this world? Is it self? Is it money or pleasure? Is it the kingdoms of this world which are perishing? And just as those kingdoms, Chaldea, Persia, Greece, Rome, are all gone, doesn't matter what nation on earth we belong to, they perish. There's only one kingdom that shall last forever and ever. Now, lastly, we come to the amazing person. Daniel 7, verse 13. Daniel 7, verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. Here is, for the very first time in the Bible, a title given to the Savior, the Messiah. He is called the Son of Man. Over 30 times, the Lord Jesus would take this title to himself, and he would talk about the Son of Man, like that text on Zacchaeus, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. Now, in saying that, it means that he's one with men. He was born of our nature. He took our likeness that he might be the Redeemer of men. Now, he is the man that Adam ought to be. Adam was Adam the first, the first man. Our Lord Jesus is that second Adam, the perfect man. And our Lord Jesus lived, died, conquered for us, the perfect man to save his people. One little pointer I would add in here is, isn't it amazing? Truly logical, mind you. There is no image of the Son of Man. There are images of these beasts, the lion, the bear, and the iron teeth, and so on. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus, there is no image. Because the second commandment says, Thou shalt make not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness. Because Jesus is God. He's God. And he has given titles which are very meaningful, but never imagery, never something that could be idolized. They are words of truth about the Lord Jesus. Now, I have to close tonight with verse 14. And we're told about this Son of Man, that he comes to, through the clouds to the Ancient of Days, and that's the Father. The Ancient of Days is the Father. And they brought him before him. 
And there was given him, this is the father giving to the son, there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom and all people, that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Now, that agrees with the book of Revelation, where it says, I looked and behold a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. The Lord Jesus is the harvester of the world, and he will reap where he will. And out of the nations of the world, he will gather in his people. He calls them by his spirit. He sends missionaries to preach the gospel. He lays on them the claims of salvation and draws them into his kingdom, that kingdom which is within you. I hope tonight that you have heard the call of this great king, King of kings, the Lord of lords, to whom every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. That you have heard him calling you to bow your knee to worship him because he's the head of this kingdom. He's given this dominion and glory and given everlasting dominion. What a wonderful thing it is to be a Christian in Christ, in the kingdom, and as COVID-19 does whatever, as the United States hold their election and whatever, or here in BC there might be an election, and whatever the result is, our comfort, our consolation is, we are citizens of that great kingdom which shall go on forever and ever and ever. That's our consolation. Now, in saying that, I don't say I don't care what happens in the United States. I want right to prevail. I want liberties to prevail. I don't want to see the wicked reign. I don't want to see God judge a, a, a generation that's growing up. The U.S. is ripe for grace. So is Canada. But our Lord Jesus is building his church in the midst of it all. Let's remember that. That certainly is the lesson of this wonderful book of Daniel. May the Lord bless that word to you tonight. If you're not a Christian tonight, come, be saved. Just sit in your seat as others go, and I'll gladly speak with you. And we can pray together, or you can call on the Lord as you are. Trust him. He is a wonderful Savior. Let's pray. Father, we thank thee for this time in your word. We thank thee for the blessings that come from this amazing prophecy and oh, what, what, what the fallout, the wonderful fulfillment of these things. We're amazed. And dear Lord, we pray this evening that you will call many out of the world into your kingdom. Save the lost this evening. Have mercy, Lord. Bless your word. Speak on while the voice of man is silent and bless us through this week to come. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with God's people now and evermore. Amen. Bible speak. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher. So what do you think? Are you in the kingdom? Uh, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Have you trusted the Lord and made him to be king of your life? Let me assure you that every word and every jot and tittle of this book, the Bible, shall be fulfilled. And just as those prophecies in the days of Daniel that were revealed to him were fulfilled in various nations leading right up to the birth, death, resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This, the Lord shall fulfill every promise of his second coming, his second appearing, when he will come in power and glory to destroy the wicked and to gather in the righteous. That's why we need to be a Christian. We need to be saved We need to be trusting the death, the life, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, putting our hope and our confidence in his kingdom, a kingdom that will never end and that will never fail. And if you've heard the hallelujah chorus that goes on, that he shall reign forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. That's the song that is in the heart of the believer the child of God that has trusted in the Lord Jesus and is resting in that spiritual kingdom. But the kingdom is within you. You must be a believer trusting in the Lord himself. Stay tuned now for these closing announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.